doing well today. Pastor Ed and Kathy are, uh, are in the state of Oregon right now. They're in uh, Portland um, speaking at a marriage conference, um, which is awesome and great and, uh, and needed and in the world that, that we live in, especially today, to, to be investing in marriages. Um, that's huge. Uh, and so I get the chance to continue talking about structure and our church structure and how that's going to look um, for Connect Church moving forward. And uh, last week, Pastor Ed began talking about uh, the importance of structure and the importance of, uh, of why getting this right um, is crucial. And we talked about the, uh, how we're Christ's body, how we're a family uh, of believers and with the basis of love and community really at, at the center of that. And that without that structure, that things are going to crumble awfully quickly uh, if we don't start there. And so today we're actually going to get a bit more specific. We're going to, while, while that's a, a good overview and a good place to start, we need to start talking about some of the specifics of the structure, and we're going to look at the leadership structure today and, and what that means for all of us. Um, you know, you never really see a good structure if you think about it. You don't really see a good structure as much as you see the result of, um, of that. And we're working really hard with uh, how we're putting things together for Connect Church to make sure that we have a good structure so that the results are having life change on people and building the kingdom of God which is what we are, we are called to do. And the first, I guess, point that I, that I want to bring up and, and to start with, with this idea, because it really brings us all together, is this, that the potential of Connect Church lies in the strength of its people. The potential of Connect Church lies in the strength of its people. Think about what that really means for a minute. What's being implied here is that our personal spiritual health is going to overflow into everything that we do as a church. The strength of its people, the spiritual strength of the people. For that to be true, though, our leadership structure has to enable that to happen, has to enable that to happen. One of the values that, that we have um, for Connect Church moving forward is to grow leaders. It's something that we've always tried to do um, as a church. I know that growing up here. Um, but we want to be good at that, at growing leaders. We want to be known for that in, in terms of growing leaders, but we have to be set up for that to happen. Let me give you a, a perfect example that most of us probably remember and know about. 2010, uh, Jim Tressel was fired as the head coach of the Ohio State football team. Um, sad day for me and my dad as fans and all of that. However, the next year, Luke Fickle took over as the coach. And he was the defensive coordinator. And for those of you that follow Ohio State football, you may remember, as I do, that we went six and seven that year. And that was one of the worst seasons in terms of our record that Ohio State has had, I think, in my lifetime, to be honest with you. Well, that was 2011, and that was Luke Fickle, and much of the leadership structure of the, of the coaching staff was just... It was just all over the place. They were just pretty much duct taping it. Well, 2012, uh, Urban Meyer takes over. He had the same players, had all of the same players, had the same stadium, <laughs> had the same uniforms. All that changed was the coaching staff and the leadership structure. 
and the team went 12-0. and They went undefeated. <laughs> Give me an amen. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, so let's pray. We're done. No. Um, but, <laughs> but the leadership structure is all that changed, right? They went 12-0. and 0. The same players, for the most part. There was a little bit of, a, of, of some recruits coming in. But the biggest thing that changed was the leadership structure. You want to tell me how important a leadership structure is? I really honestly couldn't think of a better example of a transition of that. And now Coach Meyer's retiring, but what he is doing with the next coach that's coming in is he is setting up a leadership structure right there so that all Ryan Day has to do is hit the ball off the tee. I know we're going to baseball analogy with football, but you know what I'm saying, right? Everything is set up for a good leadership structure. He's really got to mess up big time for the team to not at least be really competitive this year. And why is that? Still the same players that we had this past year, really good team. They're going to be fine because the leadership structure is set up perfectly for success. Something that I've been working on is uh, life groups is a new thing that we're going to be uh, that we're going to be launching with Connect Church. We're going to call them Connect Life Groups, and we're going to be talking a lot more about that in uh, in the upcoming weeks and such. Um, but this is something that we've been working on behind the scenes uh, that I've been working on personally since the beginning of the year. And the reason that there hasn't been much said about it is because I've been working on the leadership structure of it. I've actually gone through training with uh, about 10 different people who are set up to be life group leaders, and I'm going to be starting a whole nother round of that so that when we actually launch this, our leadership structure is set up the right way. Because if we don't have a good leadership structure in place, it's all going to fall apart when we launch these life groups, which are going to be uh, groups in homes. I'm sure you guys all have a basic idea of what I mean by life groups when I say that. But we need to have good leaders in place because that enables God's structure. It enables God's structure. And Christ, community, and purpose, those things that are part of the slogan, if you want to call it that, that's going to be on the sign for Connect Church, Christ, community, and purpose reflect God's structure. Those ideas reflect his structure. The church is a family whose structure should exist to honor God and help people grow in the Lord. You look at things like the decline of morals within the world that we live in and our country especially, the values today that we look at are a direct reflection of humanity ignoring God's intended structure in various ways. The decline of the family, just in, in my lifetime, I've seen from when I was in school, um, you know, the, the, the students that I went to school with who came from a broken home um, were... I, don't, I guess I, I would call that in the minority, whereas now it's, it's the other way around. My, my children in school are in the minority because mom and dad are at home and they come from a loving family that loves, that loves Jesus and goes to church. They're in the minority. They're weird, right? Because that's not the norm. That is a direct reflection of the decline and ignoring of God's intended structure. You look at all kinds of different things can really go back to that. Let me show you this quote from Craig Groeschel. He's the pastor of Life.Church, and he's an incredible leader. Uh, his church is uh, one of the biggest churches in, in the world. Um, and here's what he said. The results of a system or structure are either what you've created or tolerated. If you want a better outcome, stop tolerating and start creating. Think about that for a minute. 
healthy systems and structures do not happen by accident. They don't happen by accident. They are created, and God gave us a blueprint in his word of how we should go about this. If we're going to reflect love, if we're going to reflect family, if we're going to reflect community, and we're going to enable people for purpose, all the things that Pastor Ed talked about last week that we started as we get into this series, we need to get this right from the top down. It's got to be right from the top down. The strength of an organization is in the people that are empowered. And the people that are empowered in the right kind of empowerment and guidance comes from the structure that is in place from a God-centered, God-focused leadership structure that is put in place by his word. The early church was founded this way. The early church was set up this way. And we are going to be set up this way as we move forward. And so if you have your notes, number one, um, there's... A lot to get to, so I'm going to get right to it here. Uh, Number one, biblical structure calls us to accept biblical authority. Biblical structure calls us to accept biblical authority. The book of 1 Peter, chapter 5, verse 5, it says this, In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, Peter is showing us here that we are called, first and foremost, to humility. And even if an elder over me, a mom and dad, a, a spiritual leader, etc., even if they make what we would consider the wrong decision, our job is to first be focused on being the right person. Our job is to is to really look at at who we are as a person. This applies to marriage. This applies to parenting. This applies to church. This applies to the job site. This applies to anywhere people are. Our responsibility is not to make sure that the people in authority over us make the right decisions necessarily. We need to make sure first and foremost that we're the right people. We need to begin with a place of humility. See, purpose guides you. Mission, that's the strategy. That's what drives you. Vision, that's your destination, that's the what, and the impact that you have on other people, that's what matters. That's what we're getting to. And a proper leadership structure is going to allow those things to be possible. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, first we need to recognize who is at the top, and we've got to work our way down from there. And so, of course, who is at the top? Number two, Biblical structure places Jesus Christ as the head of his church. Biblical structure places Jesus Christ as the head of his church. I've got a couple of verses that back this up, but I feel like this goes without saying, but we need to say it, right? We need to say it. Ephesians 1.22, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Hebrews 13.20, now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep. And we could go through verse after verse after verse after verse. Jesus is at the top. He is the head of the church. Jesus is there. We know that because of the authority of Scripture and because we honor the authority of Scripture. So where do we go from here now? Well, we go to number three here, and we start to get to it already. Biblical structure requires people who lead to be servant leaders. Servant leaders. We've heard this term many times. Pastor Ed has used this term a lot. 
Um, servant leadership is where it needs to begin. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 through 33, listen to this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. See, as servant leaders, that's the heart that we need to have to lead biblically. If we are not looking to lead this way, demonstrating this, this verse, having this kind of heart, then we're not worthy to be followed, quite frankly. We're not worthy to be followed. Now, the Bible, as we've talked about, lays out pretty clearly the way in which the structure of servant leadership um, should happen within the church. And there are two specific human leaders, human leadership roles, two roles that are, that are laid out. Um, and I want to go through those here um, for the next few minutes and, and really talk through them for, um, for the rest of our time here. So the first one would be uh, what's considered elders. The, the umbrella there is elders. And there are um, various branches that come down off of the uh, off of the elders, but these are the pastors, the spiritual leadership team um, within our leadership structure as Connect Church as we move forward. And this is this is leadership by consent, and there are layers of accountability that are built within our bylaws. We're all going to get a copy of the new bylaws here uh, really soon. I want to say it's next week, and. Um, and we'll be able to look through and see the roles here of pastors, spiritual leadership team um, within that structure. Uh, last week, Pastor Ed used this verse. I want to start with this as, as we get into this. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, these are all falling under the umbrella of elders within, uh, within the leadership structure here. Um, and this, this is a verse that, that I've had highlighted for a long time because I feel it's very um, specifically directed at what God has called me to do. And so this is something, this is a verse that I've looked at many, many, many times. But this next passage is also a verse that I've looked at many times. Um, very, uh, it's a very sobering passage quite frankly, and it's in Titus chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. It says this, an elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. There's a lot there. And that's the standard that this role is, is held up to. And it's a lot to look at. And these values, the things that, that are listed here that we could talk about for, for a while, these are things that are being um, incorporated into the structure of Connect Church as we move forward. You know, I think about things like, uh, you know, Pastor Ed's been here 13 years. And I know for a fact, and there are others who can, who can verify this, that he has never signed a check, he has never been in the room when the money is counted, and values like that, things like that, are things that are in place and will continue 
to be in place as we move forward because it's important. Because the Bible lays out clearly the standards that must be met for being under that umbrella of what is considered uh, elder. Elder, overseer, under shepherd. There's various terms that are all used within that. Um, but the next fill in here says that elders are called upon to oversee and manage the church. The fill in there is oversee and manage the church. First Timothy 5, verse 17 says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Some elders will preach and teach as well as oversee the affairs of the church. That's the next fill in there. Some elders will preach and teach as well as oversee the affairs of the church. See, Peter was basically the lead pastor, okay? There were all of the, the apostles, and, uh, and the buck had to stop somewhere. And not all of them could preach at the same time. Um, you know, and there, there's the, the passage in, in the book of Acts where it talks about 3,000 people coming forward and being saved and baptized. Peter was the one who was preaching in that, in that service. That was probably a pretty long baptism service, by the way. Um, However, not everybody could, could preach all at the same time. It had to stop somewhere, but the others had a lot of influence. There was a leadership team that was in place, um, but the buck had to stop somewhere. But this team was carefully and prayerfully chosen. So we have people that would fall under the category of this, and um, of elders, which would be our pastors and our spiritual leadership team. And actually, any of you that are in the room now, would you mind standing up just very quickly? Could you stand up for just a, for just a moment, our pastors and our spiritual leadership team? Give it up for, for these people. This is, thank you guys. We have amazing, we have amazing leaders. God has blessed us with amazing leaders. And, um, and the fact that, that we have these standards in God's word to, to go from, is going to make sure that our structure is always on the right, uh, the right trajectory as we're moving forward. So that's the, that's the first, that umbrella known as elders that various roles fall under. But then there's a second one, and that would be deacons. Deacons. So in, uh, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, deacons are mentioned in, in various places throughout Scripture. Um, but right here in Philippians 1, it lists the entire leadership team together right at the very beginning. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. And deacon means servant. It's a simple word that means servant. They were appointed because the widows were being overlooked, the daily distribution of food, um, was falling to the wayside, taking care of people less fortunate. There was a need there, right? When we talked at the beginning um, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about how it's either what you've created or tolerated. And so they created more of a leadership structure and added the, uh, the office of deacon um, within the leadership structure to make sure that God's people were being taken care of. Uh, it's in Acts chapter 6. Uh, verses 1 through 7, 1 Timothy 3.8 talk about the, uh, the requirements for deacons. 
And deacons are part of our bylaws uh, as, as we move forward. And I actually want to read this part for everybody so that you can hear what, is, what we actually have in the bylaws. Again, we'll have a, a copy for everybody um, in, in the coming weeks. Um, but listen to this. So Article 9, Section 1 says, Role and Responsibilities of Deacons. And this is word for word right here. Deacons will uphold the biblical qualification of a deacon found in 1 Timothy 3. Deacons will seek to accomplish the responsibilities given to them by the spiritual leaders of the church, uh, of the first church in Acts 6. They will provide prayer and spiritual support for the church's widows and those who are homebound. They will also serve in the benevolent ministries of the church. They will assist the pastor in communion, and when called upon, they may carry out the administration of designated funds for benevolent ministries. Deacons provide support to the pastors as they visit sick and comfort the families of the dying and those under duress. They will pray for the services and ministries of the church. So deacons are called upon to serve the needs of the church. Serve the needs. That's a very simplified version. Um, but again, the apostles couldn't do it all. The apostles couldn't do it all. And they were never meant to. The primary function of the elders, pastors, to teach, train, equip for works of service and to build up the body of Christ, but other works of service needed to be done. Other works of service needed to be done, and so the role of deacon was formed. Um, I remember uh, when I was uh, 24 and I was asked to be a deacon, and I was beyond blown away because growing up here, I'm looking at, at and looking at many of you that, um, that I grew up looking up to as deacons. And, and when I was asked to be a part of the deacons, I was taken back um, big time because I'm, I'm, I was very much going, am, am I, who am I? To be? I'm Jay, I'm a little dude running around the church, you know what I mean? Like, who am I to, to be a part of, of these godly men and, and to be a part of this? Um, and so it's, it's one of those roles that is, um, that, that at least for me personally, I, I very much have a, a lot of respect for and, and look up to many of you to be able to say that I was able to, to sit there and to now be a pastor and then some. Um, you know, it's why it took six weeks for me to even decide to, to take the position of, of being a pastor on staff when, when Pastor Ed brought me in. It's, it's, not, um, it's not something that is lightly taken and it's not a role that is... Um, that, that people are just thrown on. We have amazing, amazing deacons here. And I would actually ask any, any of our deacons that are, that are in the room, would you mind uh, standing as well so that we can give it up for you guys too? These are amazing people. Um, I've gotten to know a lot of them very, very well. Um, they administer the one-at-a-time offering, which is today, actually. Uh, today is the, the third Sunday, and so the one-at-a-time offering that we take that goes to help members of our church to serve the needs of our church, our deacons administer that and take care of that, and, um, and they're part of, of making the decisions uh, for what happens with the one-at-a-time offering. They pray every Sunday. This morning, I was able to get together with them every Sunday at 8 o'clock in the prayer room. There's a group of deacons that meet in there and pray um, with the pastors. Um, they visit the shut-ins. There's, there's various roles that the deacons do as well, but the office of deacon is different than that of elder, overseer, 
um, based on, on service because it's not a governing piece of the church. It's based on, on service. So remember, if you want a better outcome, we need to stop tolerating and start creating, which is why these roles have been uh, developed the way that they are. And so that is what happened. And the structure expanded, and it accomplished what it meant to do, what it was meant to do. And that's our structure today as we move forward. And so if I have a connection point for everyone, and the one thing to bring it all together with why we're talking about leadership in this very specific way today, it would be this, that our church leadership structure exists to connect us to Christ, community, and purpose. It's amazing the way that those three words fit into virtually every aspect of what we are doing moving forward and how God is given us this vision for what Connect Church is, is supposed to be in moving forward. And these two main groups that we've talked about, they are listed within scripture as two main groups, but here's the thing. We all have a part. We all have a part. The potential of Connect Church lies in the strength of its people. All of its people. All of its people. And the strength of an organization is in the people that are empowered and we must be united in mission, we must be united in vision and purpose so that we can have the impact that God is calling us to have on the world around us. And leadership structure is essential for that to happen. Listen to this passage in 1 Corinthians. It's not on the screen, I just want everybody to listen to it. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 20, it says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Many parts, but one body. We are all part of the body of Christ. So what is your part? That's the added piece to this connection point here, is what is your part? We need to have an understanding of what what the leadership structure is so that we all, as Pastor Ed keeps saying, look before you leap, right? And so we all need to have an understanding of what that is going to look like, but we all have a part in this. And so what is your part? Well, we know that our part, all of our part is to honor God and to help people grow in the Lord. That's, that's a leadership structure there. But let me ask, are we praying for our pastors and our leaders to be imitators of Christ. Not imitators of each other or some other person, but to be imitators of Christ. Am, am I looking to glorify God by the way that I, I follow him, by the way that I follow him as, as the leader of the church and the way that he's, he's given us so much in, in the way that we should be able to lead? See, the vision for Connect Church is God's vision for each of us individually. On a personal level, the, the vision, the destination that we should be striving for is to connect others, to connect my family, to connect myself to Jesus more and more every day. And our structure needs to be in place to allow that to happen. Good leadership structure enables that. And the results are gonna be an eternal impact. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do. Would you all bow with me for prayer? We all have a part in this, 
and we all have a part of leading moving forward. As I mentioned, we want to be a church that's known for growing leaders and that we're good at growing leaders that push people toward Jesus, that push people to connect to him more. And we all have a part in that. Father, I love you, Lord, and I thank you, God, for your word and the clarity of it. I thank you, God, that you haven't left it to us to try to figure out the structure that is best. God, you gave us the perfect example and the perfect blueprint in your word. And God, I pray that we can be faithful in following that. Lord, sometimes we let our own agendas get in the way. We let our own brain sort of pull us to the side. But God, I thank you for the fact that your word is so clear into the way that we can put this together so that the, the focus can be on nothing but what you have for us to do, which is to reach people for you and to see people's lives change and to grow your kingdom. God, we all have a part of it. We all have a part in it. And Lord, I pray that if there's one here today that, that doesn't know you, God, I pray that if there's one here that's, that's not sure if they're going to be in heaven with you one day, that they don't have a relationship with you, God, I pray that they could take a step toward that today, that they would be willing to ask questions, that they'd be willing to, um, to at least talk to someone. And Lord, maybe today would be the day that they make that decision. And so, God, I just pray to that end, Lord that your Holy Spirit would, would move. God, I thank you for our leaders that we have. I thank you for, for Pastor Ed and for, and for Kathy and for all of our, um, our pastors and our deacons and, and our spiritual leadership team. God, we've been so blessed with amazing people. God, I pray for them that they would be imitators of you. God, I pray for them that they would have wisdom and guidance and clarity in what you want for your church moving forward. God, help us all to be um, faithful in praying for them. Help us all to be faithful in doing our part. God, keep us all safe as we go out this week. Bring us back on Wednesday or, or next Sunday or whatever other ministry that we come back to, to be a part of, Lord. Love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.